The following episode contains explicit language, violence, and alcohol use. Previously on Masks and Mayhem. There's definitely like some, uh, not protests, but like larger scale meetings going on in parts of Atlantis. Basically, the common consensus is they want to feel more heard. Yeah, uh, but I mean, uh, this is before it started splintering into groups like Yardane's group, who wants to just rule the surface world. You had previously fought with the insurrection's leader and, and captured him, Yartrav. And suddenly everything goes silent for a moment, and you hear the crack of a gunshot. <gasps> and Lydia looks out with her mouth agape and looks down to a bloodied chest and grabs at it. And she starts to fall over, and you realize in that moment that behind her, with a smoking gun in hand, and an anguished look on his face, is Sloan. What? What? Yeah, you see where his sword was embedded in the wall, it's just sparking, and there's just like arcs of electricity coming off of it. Great, what was that hooked up to? Well, all of the energy cells go down. Great. Are you releasing Sabrina right now? Uh, well, I said all of them, so technically. <laughs> Only what we're terrified of. The good news is I don't have to waste an action letting all freak out. The bad news is... Adrian has friends now. From down below in the room you were just in, you see something you never expected to see in your life. What? What do we see? What you see is essentially a patchwork put together version of Austin Yates. <gasps> oh my god! Do you guys actually not like playing anymore? No, I love this. No, I like playing, but what the fuck? I have one legitimate request. Let Ruby have some therapy after this. Midnight Hydra and Laserhawk are still going at it. Yeah, that's gonna be a 25 for a taser fist. Boom, and... Well, he rolled a nat 1. How does this happen? Reach my fist back. I sock him as hard as I can in the nose. Shattering it, and causing his blood to splatter all over my face. I told you. I imagine actually they have to pull, pull you off of him. We fade back in on Riverside City. It is a crisp, cool March morning. It's been a bit of time since we've last seen our heroes. Yardak, what are you doing on this marvelous morning? Well, after the events at Union, the gang has sort of had a bit of time apart, just kind of doing our own thing between going back and forth to Atlantis to help there and quell the insurrection movement. Yardak, when he is in Riverside like he is now, Spends a lot of time actually swimming up and down the coast to keep track of any threats that might be trying to make their way on land if another Yardane wants to make an appearance. He does a little bit of work in the city when he can, but it's mostly just trying to protect the land from Atlantean assaults. 
And so what has been going on, like you mentioned about Yardane, has there been anything going on like that in Atlantis? Have you been called back at all during this time to Atlantis to deal with any insurrection? Specifically for Yardane, no. But I have gone a handful of times back to Atlantis because there have been some rumors going around the citizens of Atlantis about their unhappiness with the king and how things are being dealt with. And they have heard of what Yardane did all man and certain people are getting ideas. So it's time to make relations and stop certain people and help the citizens. So more insurrection movements do not happen. And have you been doing much in your role as an ambassador? Have you been doing very much of note? I've gone into Union a few times to kind of touch base. Uh, it was chaos for a while after all the breakout. I've been in contact with Reina a little bit. Okay, Reina Morris, UK ambassador. Trying to, uh, ease, because there were some tensions, so trying to ease a little bit of that. And just kind of wanting to have a bit more of a connection and not just like a high buy sort of relationship with Reina. I'm going to believe that in this time that uh, Reina has definitely like introduced you to other people and tried to help you with making political connections. I'm going to want you to roll a persuasion check. That sounded crisp. I don't know if it did to you, but that was a sweet roll. That sounded nice. Uh, 15 plus 9 is 24. Yeah, I think you've been really successful in your efforts to garner support for the Atlantean cause. You know, people are much more interested in developing relations with Atlantis. And I think... The king is still very, not standoffish, but still, like, keeping things close to the chest. There's not, like, trade between Atlantis or anything yet, or no no tourism to speak of. I, that, for whatever, when you said that, I thought you were about to say, like, keeping it close to the guilds. And so, yeah, what are you specifically doing this morning? So currently I'm doing my patrol once again up and down the coast to make sure that there's no threats coming before I head on land to do another on-foot patrol, maybe grab something to eat, uh, get a hold of Kevin Lewis, see what's going on. And then just kind of go about a regular day. Kevin says nothing really of note at this time. Kind of talks to you about the ongoing litigation a bit. That's basically kind of holding Union back. In the last year and a half since we last uh, met, Echo Base has shut down. Only Agent Alan Rickard, Kevin Lewis, and a few handful of Union agents are left in Riverside. They don't have much of a presence. They're really, in fact, even at the bases they still have, they're pretty much being held in place by red tape because they are... Uh, being blamed for the breakout in the last season. You know, it's being laid at, laid to bear at their feet. That's what happens when you put a bunch of supervillains in one place. It's never a good idea, ever. Meanwhile, though, Laserhawk, a.k.a. Brock Balea. Wait, no, wouldn't it be the other way around? <laughs> I guess Brock Balea, a.k.a. Laserhawk. Let's be honest here. Which one's the mask? Brock. What have you been up to in this in this uh, year and a half, and, and what are you up to this morning? Busy boy Brock's been a busy, busy beaver now, hasn't he? In all seriousness, I am just lost after apprehending Midnight Hydra. I don't know what to do with myself, so I'm doing the same thing I've always done. The North End is my turf, and I have been making sure that no one fucks with my turf. And, and I guess, yeah, on this particular morning, what are you up to? Oh, on this particular morning, I'm at the laser hut playing with my boys. Okay, uh, who are the boys? Uh, well, we're all very familiar with Bodega. We might not know a Bodega's friend. A friendly French pit bull named Cafe. It's a Cafe and Bodega. Yup. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm just spending time with my dogs before I go and crack skulls for the night. By day, you're a, a dog handler by night. By day, I'm a lonely, sad man who plays with two dogs alone in the warehouse. But by night, I'm a lonely, sad man who punches people. Tell me a little bit about how you've defended the North End in the meantime. I'm on the street every night. If I see or catch wind of something going on in my neighborhood that should not be going on, I make sure it stops. With a lot of punching. Alright, uh, I want you to make me a perception check. The six to make that an unnatural 20. Yeah, you've been noticing of late that uh, you know, criminals are running scared a little bit. As they should be. But it's something that really changed within the past, like, two weeks. You're not sure why. No one's really saying anything. You know, you're, you're roughing up uh, people to try to get some informants, but people basically are just, uh, crime's a little quieter. Blue Cross Gang is still causing problems, but they're not really, uh, not really causing as many problems these past two weeks. Oh, I'll get to the bottom of that. And Ruby, how does this problem typically make you feel? And you are in the office of Dr. David Bellum. Doing it. <laughs> yeah, you're in the office of Dr. David Bellum in downtown Riverside. Well, you tell me what all you've filled Dr. Bellum in on and what you're talking about right now. Dr. Bellum knows that Ruby has an interesting life, more thinking about how filmmaking is interesting, doesn't know she's a superhero. Ruby has to come up with a lot of metaphors. For instance, he knows about Austin, her friend who had amnesia and then came back and was a completely different person. Oh. Oh, no. And then died again. I guess not again, according to Dr. Bellum. Just died after having amnesia and not really recognizing her. So, Ruby, how does this problem typically make you feel? Recently, my boyfriend met my family, and, and I'm supposed to meet his soon, but we sort of don't talk about... Hmm. This is Rachel and Ruby both trying to figure out how to put this. I feel like I'm lying, bending the truth, perhaps, about how we how we met, because we met in a kind of dangerous situation that I, uh, involving his job, that, uh, and his parents don't know everything about his job, and they don't know quite how dangerous it is, and i just trying to reconcile the fact that I care about these people now, because they are related to the man I have feelings for, but I just feel bad for lying, but also kind of know it's for the best. And that's understandable. You know, we, we all have to find our ways to justify, you know, how we live. But you, you brought this up to me, so I just want to make sure that, you know, there isn't something more going on, potentially. Well, it's... Sometimes it seems like I find myself in dangerous situations and oh my god <laughs> for the audience rc is leaning back in his chair with a pad scribbling as if he is dr bellum and you know well in my job sometimes i have to do a dangerous thing to get a shot or to learn about something if i'm writing about something and i'm just i struggle with how much to tell my family or maybe in the future alan's family without making them worry too much Okay, understandable. Well, here, let's pivot away from that and tell me a little bit about this this new job you you talked about. You've seemed pretty excited about it last time uh, last time we spoke. 
Well, I, I can't say exactly what I'm working on because I, I literally signed an NDA. I'm being a PA on a, a franchise that means a lot to me. Well, that's wonderful. And it's uh, very exciting and a great opportunity. Just being around those creative minds is, is amazing. Well, fantastic. And uh, Dr. Bellum checks his watch. All right, Ruby. Well, that is, I think, going to be time for today. We'll definitely, you know, will we have another regu regular appointment, I assume, in, in two weeks, hopefully? Yeah, I'm supposed to go to Alabama at some point. My boyfriend got injured on his job, so his mom's been worried, so we're going to go see her for a couple days. Okay, well, if any, you know what, I'll put I'll put you tentatively down. If something comes up, maybe we can do a phone call or, you know, it's it's always on you, of course. Great, sounds great. Th thanks again. This has been really helpful. You're welcome. Yeah, you leave uh, Dr. Bellum's office and, you know, it's, it's I don't know, what are you doing for the rest of the day? So we had agreed that uh, that the black cat has come out. Oh, do I need a roll to see how that went? Ooh, yeah, let's make a filmmaking roll to see how successful the release of the black cat went. Now, that was about, you know, almost a year and a half ago, because it was not too long after the end of the last season. If this bombs, do not hesitate to use your hero point. You deserve good. Oh, that's deep. that's a good roll, actually. So I rolled a 16. I need 27 because I have 11 in filmmaking. Black Cat did phenomenally. Now, the distributor you were with is pretty small. Didn't go wide release. It, it just uh, got really great word of mouth, great publicity. You know, it, it's still an indie film at the end of the day, but it really, uh, it really got a lot of people talking. And I think that combined with a specific recommendation by one Raina Morris uh, really helped slam dunk secure this job with uh, the new being a PA. Yardak's using that connection to do good for like humanity. Ruby's getting, Ruby's getting employed. <laughs> to be fair, Yardak doesn't need to get paid. <laughs> Laserhawk wishes people liked him. I think similarly, it's really been helping because, uh, you know, Bethany doing really, really great on social already. But like having that credit has really helped blow up her social profile. Bethany and I are actually going to a screening later today where we will screen the black cat and answer some questions for some super fans of the movie. Oh, hell yeah. I think that Yardak should bump into Ruby as she's leaving her appointment. Yeah. So d downtown. Yeah, I said I was going to go on a little patrol slash walkabout. We're going to bump into my old pal Ruby. I thud. Oh, literally, literally run in. You actually run into each other? Fuck it, let's go full anime. This is... Yeah, okay, yeah. And I think I think Yardak's pretty big, so you probably knocked Ruby down. Well, I'm not going to plow into her. But, uh, okay, so, like, I'm just walking down the street, and I'm, I'm trying to keep a lookout, see if anything's happening, and, I mean... Ruby is just getting out of a therapy appointment, so I'm sure her mind is elsewhere. And we just kind of, like, you know, shoulder check each other a little bit. And when we kind of see who we hit, we I'm like, Ruby! Yardak! Hey, what's going on? Where you been? What's good? What's happening? Yeah, obviously, Yardak knows. Oh, I was seeing uh, Dr. Bellum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard. Uh, going well? Yeah. I mean, after everything that's happened, I mean, oh. It's weird because I can't tell him everything because some of it's literally classified. Mm, yeah, so making up lies to cover other lies and so many metaphors. I told him that Austin. I told him that Austin had amnesia and then forgot who I was. Oh, okay. So just you know, just trope it up. I mean, my life must sound insane to him, but like no more insane than my actual life. 
Well, I mean, he is a therapist, so I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people with worse issues than you have that he has to hear about day in and day out. So, I mean, amnesia, drop in the bucket. That's true. Oh, hey, I don't know if you got the email. There's, you've seen it plenty of times, but there's like a screening of the black cat and there's a Q&A after and there's also like an after party if you'd want, if that would be something you'd be into. Oh, yeah. I'll be sure to bring my air horn and cheer you on. <laughs> okay, no, Yardak, we talked about this. Air horns in, in small movie theaters is not a good idea. I've been trying to get old Laserhawk to come out to one of these. Just, uh, he doesn't seem to be doing great. Maybe he should be the one seeing Dr. Bellum. Uh, uh, you know what? I mean, we're both together. Why not uh, head over and see if we can't tag team and get him to come to this thing? Good idea. So what are you doing now? I assume I took my van to therapy. So we're getting in the van. And you know what? And I'm going to say, put some better tires on it. And I upgraded the sound system a little bit because we're in this van a lot. We got we got to have the sweet tunes. Dog, I'm about to be bumping so much Jamaican dub in that bitch. I did normal upgrades to this van. I hope you added a roll cage. Some bulletproof windows. Ooh. What is... That's uh, that's what race cars have in, to protect them in case they roll. You know what? Yes. Can you just get like an actual <laughs> slingshot in your passenger window? Maybe if you come with us to the movie. <sighs> really twisting my arm here. So what are you doing? You're saying you're getting in the van. Getting in the van. Throwing some tunes on. Yardak, what do you want to listen to? Bobby Darren, Beyond the Sea. <laughs> I love you. Ocean Man by Ween also would have been an acceptable answer. Uh, I'm not sending a text beforehand because... Ambush. I know Laserhawk's ways, and this is an intervention. We're your friends, and you need to have more fun. A friend intervention. Okay. Is that where you're heading? Because you haven't really established. You just said you're... Yes, we're going to the laser hut. Okay, so yeah, you're downtown, but you make your way across the Kirby Bridge back to the north end. You take a hard right once you get into the north end. You're going along the coast, and you reach the warehouses. You park, and you walk on up, and I'm imagining you kind of just throw the doors open. Sure, let's go for it. Fucking kick these bitches in. You open the doors, and the laser hut is supremely abandoned. You can tell from a thin layer of dust along the material that nobody's been in here in quite a while now. The hell is he living now? I should also point out in the future, maybe you shouldn't kick in Laserhawk's door. At least he still sends me pictures of the dog. But where the hell is he? Can I text Frank and be like, Frank, I need you to hack in and see if you can't find Laserhawk's location. He needs a night out and he's hiding. Thank God I never gave you guys kids number. So Frank replies, you're kidding, right? Because, like, the first sentence was, like, gotta find Laserhawk. And I'm thinking, like, this guy is missing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're just, you just want to have a night out with your buddy. And, uh, y'all, I, I got stuff to do. We haven't seen Laserhawk in so long. We just came to the laser hut. Everything's covered in a layer of dust and it smells like depression in here. Yodak, I got a deposition I got to give, give tonight. I'm up to my neck in, in, in problems right now. Sorry, Frank. We can find him ourselves. I guess. I'm calling Laserhawk now. Hello. Hey, Laserhawker Brock. What do you actually want me to call you? Doesn't matter. Is, uh, everything okay? 
Yeah, I wanted to see. There's actually a showing of my movie tonight, and there's a fancy party with free alcohol. I already planned on being there. Zach's looking to surprise you tonight. Oh, well. Oh, that that's great. Ah, <sighs> so dress code, or... Uh, do you have, like, this, like, slacks and a button down? Fantastic question. I would say yes, or if not, you have the money. I can access them. When you were a cop, were you in uniform or were you, like, a detective in, like, a suit? I was a detective in a suit. I was also in a much better place in my life. Brock Balea did not exactly pack up and and put everything in a (laughs) U-Haul when he came to Riverside. I made sure I had my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh deck, and that's all I needed. I would say slacks, button down, some sneakers without holes, and you're probably good. Uh, that last one's gonna be a problem. All right. I'll probably be wearing like a little fancier, but I'm gonna be on stage, so like different. Kind of your gig. I figured you'd look nicer than me. In fact, if there's ever an instance where you don't look nicer than me, get help. I'll see you tonight. Do you hang up? Yes, I hang up and go, I hate talking on the phone. Wait, where are you living? Oh, God damn it. Well, I guess I'm going to the fucking Gap. <laughs> to the Gap. Go to Target. We're telling you. Yeah, Target's where it's at, honestly. This podcast not sponsored by Target. Can we be? Actually, tell me the outfit you pick out. As basic as humanly possible, black slacks, black button-up, maybe with like a... Like, green stripes. Like, a black and green stripe. I'm not buying new shoes. I'm just gonna wear my boots and hope that Ruby doesn't notice. I've got a little bit of money, but I want to make sure I'm buying only the best for my boys. Also, she said shoes with no holes. She just told you not to wear sneakers with holes. Okay, yeah, so boots work. Boots are fine. (laughs) Since these are separate events now, tell me a little bit, Ruby and Yardag, about what you're doing leading up to these. I imagine this is, like, mid-morning, and this event's probably in the afternoon. Yeah, I go... I guess Ruby probably has to go get ready at some point. I mean, uh, I'm going to suggest, like, hey, Ruby, want to go grab a bagel and a coffee and kind of just hang out, and then we can go get ready for the premiere? Sounds great to me. Make a swing by Lunar Lattes. Laserhawk, besides going and getting some new duds, what are you up to? I have two dogs that are going to be so sad when I leave. I'm I'm playing with my dogs until literally the last possible second for me to leave. So Ruby, where, so where is this uh, event happening? Is it North End? Is it downtown? Is it the Centennial? Is it Riverside University campus? I'm assuming this was like a semi-small screening. If there was like an equivalent to like the Alamo Draft House, I want to name it. What about the Ramey Theater? All right, so yeah, uh, they're go- you're going to have your event at the Ramey Theater, but I'm asking about like what part of the town it's in. I was thinking either downtown or the north end. What, what do you think would make more sense to have a kind of... Downtown. Yeah. Okay, it's, so- it's downtown. Ruby and Bethany are leaving the van, and they're going to take like either a cab or like an Uber or Lyft or something, just because parking at-, parking at night downtown is atrocious. True. Ruby's wearing this black velvet dress she has that has stars all over it, and it's shiny. This sounds familiar. I'm describing a dress I'm wearing. <laughs> is Yardex still with you, or do you all separate to get ready? Yeah, we separated, and then we're going to come back together. Okay, actually, before we get to the event, this is a great time to point out, Yardex, I imagine you are not showing up in your normal Atlantean uniform. Oh, no, no, no. I look sharp. I'm, I'm going all out. 
not tuxedo, but like suit jacket. I have like a nice tie, my slacks, really shiny shoes. All right. So yeah, you're looking nice. Yeah. A little red pocket square. And this is not like a big event. Like I'm imagining that there's going to be like maybe 30 people in attendance. Yeah. Like it was, it's, it's a, again, it's a big, it was big for what it is, but it's still an indie film. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a Q&A of an indie film. All right. So yeah, you arrive at the Raimi Theater because you're a part of the event. They recognize you and I imagine let you write, you and Bethany write in. Yeah. I would go, oh, this is uh, my friend that I point out, Yardak. I just love the idea. You're friends with an ambassador? Outside of his normal uniform and also probably this suit probably covers up the gills a bit. That I don't think most people will like will just like instantly recognize him because he tends to wear his Atlantean gear, which is very distinctive. It's like Zoe De Chanel when she pulls the bangs back. If you went by the UN ambassador for another country, would you recognize them? They're not fish people. Do you think this random theater attendant does? But Yardak is a celebrity on his own, being the only Atlantean. My point being is that I feel like in in a situation like this, Yardak blends at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. Unless you're carrying the spear, I guess that would really uh. Oh God, no. I was like, oh, this is uh, my friend. Uh, did, did you, you, you don't have a fake name or anything. I would just call you Yardak, right? You're just trying to get past this random theater attendant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is my friend. Uh, mind if he just goes into the theater? And this, uh, yeah, this like 16-year-old pimply-faced kid goes, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. At some point, I assume Mr. Laserhawk would show up. At some point, you'd assume. So let's say the actual event is at four. It has like a bar area and you've got like special event passes. But it was a screening and then a Q&A. So my Q&A part starts at four. Right. Yeah, again, you've seen the film. I doubt you're sitting in and listening to it. Yeah, it's a... I am. Thanks. Appreciate it, buddy. I haven't fucking seen it yet. So Laserhawk actually showed up early then and actually like before you did. Yeah, I figure, you know, if I'm going to hang out with my friend in a premiere for her movie, I should probably watch the fucking movie. Oh, no, it's been out. Let's retcon this a bit then, because I imagine you're going to introduce the film to begin with. Oh. You probably arrived, introduced the film, and then hung out. Well, I think Laserhawk would have seen it because I had... We the film was done before like this film's been out for a while and was done before like last season ended. You underestimate how far Laserhawk's head can be in his own ass sometimes. <laughs> okay. The film ends. Laserhawk, what's your reaction to it? Solid. There's probably definitely a few points where I point at the screen and uh, having like recognized either this is something that we've gone through together or like this is a story that Ruby's told me. There's definitely a few times where I point at the screen and go, ah. I think Azra Jenkins, the lead actress on the film, I think she's starting to pick up some more roles now because of it as well. Good for Azra. Good for her. So yeah, the film ends, lights come back on, Laserhawk, you're in attendance. Also, when you look out in the crowd, Ruby... Well, make a make a perception check. Uh. Ooh. I maybe see stuff. Oh, I bet it's that other bitch director. I forget what Zach or something. I'll fucking know. Some kind of douchebag monster drinking bastard. It was Beckett, right? Yes, Beckett Smith. Uh, 16 overall for perception. Uh, yeah, so actually Beckett Smith is in attendance. He's sitting in the back, looking pretentious as ever. I'm gonna shove his jewel pot up his ass. You notice he's got a little notepad. Ew, what a fuck. And also, you see uh, Jack uh, Dinopoli. Good. Jack, the person that we accidentally spread fake ashes with. Yeah. Ugh. 
Oh no, I forgot. Hey Sloan, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> I know you're a fictional character, but I'm glad that I garnered enough hate for this fictional character from the players. Anyway, uh, yeah, so the Q&A starts. Brandon and Dan, I want you to come up with the questions that some of these random folks are asking. Oh, this one's going to be straight from Laserhawk's mouth. So the, uh, the special effects on this scene were really well done. <laughs> I just wanted to know, what was your inspiration behind that, I say with a shit-eating grin? Ruby gives a, a quick, like, fuck you glitch. <laughs> Her eyes narrow. Narrow a little. Well, I I was inspired by some of the brave heroes here in Riverside. I I go from shit-eating grin to legitimate one when you say that. I've decided a special effect that has a, like, a lot of like lights in it and stuff. Yeah. Well, as you know, the I saw a... Some, something on the news with Laser Hawk and his powers have such interesting visuals. Eh, he's not that cool, and I sit down. <laughs> and uh, uh, and yeah, so Dan, give me a question that a random a random goer asks. I mean, if Yardak wants to ask a question, I think Yardak could ask a question. Because uh, I wanted Yardak to go into like straight up like proud dad mode. First of all, I just want to say uh, congratulations. This movie is fantastic. I haven't seen anything better. <laughs> So, uh, what, what's next for Ruby Lawson? Where does she go from here? There, there's nothing could top this. I've been writing a feature and some pilot scripts, but I've been doing some PA work on something I can't quite talk about what it is yet, but that's really exciting. Uh, Bethany, what, have, what are you working on? Hey, everybody. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been working really hard on, on creating some really awesome social content, so definitely be able to check me out at uh, social.com slash Beth Fletcher. I've been doing some uh, freelance work on the side and just uh, really honing my craft of editing. And uh, yeah, it's been a, been a lot of fun. So yeah, thank you so much for your question. Yeah, this is the point where uh, Beckett Smith walks up. Ew. Looking like an asshole. I roll for Megasonic Missile. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking blast his ass. Ruby again. Don't do it. We've had this discussion. Don't make me. I will use my hero point. I see him look at Beckett and go genuinely mouth no to like I'm just pointing like is he the one do you, do you want me to hi Beckett Smith Riverside Gazette film critic I would just like to to this is more of a comment than a question so you couldn't make it as a real director so now you're a film critic those who can't do teach don't you feel that uh some of those scenes were really derivative of Kubrick's work I what she do I mean, that I have a tracking shot? Kubrick may have invented the tracking shot, but it's been a while since The Shining came out. I don't think every use of it is derivative of The Shining at this point. Fair enough, but would you also say that your relationship with Azra Jenkins has soured in the time since? People are saying uh, that you and Azra have not been getting along in the time since, that she is actually really upset with your direction style. I have a fine relationship with Azra. We uh, had lunch last week. I'm very happy for all the work she's been getting. I'm not sure where that idea would have come from. I kind of look at Bethany like, what the fuck is he talking about? Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, no other questions at this time. Thank you. I have a question for Mr. Beckett Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Beckett turns and cocks an eyebrow. How does it feel using your position as part of a major publication to continue on a petty college pissing contest? 
Ooh. Ex- excuse me? Tell me, have you looked your father in the eye in the past three years? Or rather, has he been able to look you in the eyes? Because <laughs> I'll tell you something. My kid grew up to be a pretentious little piss stain like you. I might not claim him. And I literally hop the rail and walk out of the theater. Oh, I thought you were about to, like, hit him. Yeah, I thought it was about to go down. No, no, not yet. Not while there's people watching. I think Beckett just looks back and goes, interesting fans your work brings in. And Beckett just strides on out. Not uh, exactly how I would usually address a critic, but that's correct that Miss Fletcher and I did go to film school with Mr. Smith. And Bethany's been filming the whole time, by the way, like that whole exchange. I respect the work of critics, but uh, Mr. Smith and I have not always seen eye to eye. And I think a few other kids come up, a couple college kids come and ask like about some of the more technical aspects. Like a little kid comes up and he just talks about how cool he thinks the black cat is. Can the little kid be in cosplay? Sure. Oh, thank you. I love your costume. Where did you get that? My mom made it for me. Your mom is very talented. I love this kid. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the kid kind of just blushes and runs back to his mom, who kind of, like, ruffles his hair. I wave at the little kid and his mom. Ushers start coming in. They start and clear out. Mm-hmm. And uh, except for Jack Denopoli, who has just been sitting, and he looks like he enjoyed the film, but he looks rather serious. Let's go talk to Jack. Ooh. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. Where did Laser Hug go? And at this point, I walk in with a Jack and Coke in my hand. This place has a bar. Okay. I just walk up to Ruby. Hey, sorry about that. I wasn't going to say anything, but the second he said the Kubrick line, you know. Yeah. I also, do I turn to Bethany? Have you heard anything with Azra? Like, what the hell was that about? You know, I've never wanted to get in between, like, what's going on with you and Beckett or or him and Azra. I'm just going to stay out of it, I think. I mean, I just want to make sure I'm not reading it wrong. Ezra and I get along fine. She can work with whoever she wants to. Right, right, right. No, you're right, you're right. I'm I'm not saying Beckett's right here. I'm just saying that I don't I don't want to be in the middle of it. That's fair. This is also this is Rachel trying to figure out I was like, is something happening or is Beckett just being a shit? Like Well if he wasn't a shit before, unfortunately I feel like I might have just caused this problems. What are you doing now? Hey Jack, thanks for coming. Uh, how, did you like the movie? Yeah, Ruby, I, uh, you know, I saw, you know, you showed us all that little preview one time. It was great. It was really cool to see it up on the on the big screen, though. Congratulations. I never get used to seeing it on the big screen after watching it on, like, mine and Bethany's computers for so long. And he, and he chuckles a little bit. He looks around. He realizes, like, the place is pretty much empty except for some ushers. Could we talk? And you, you can bring your, he kind of motions to uh, Yardak and Laser. Like he says, you can bring your uh, specially trained friends. Might need to talk to all of you. Sure. At this point, could I roll an insight check to get a read on Jack? Sure. Why well, is rolled the mat one, so I'll be over here sipping on my Jack and Coke if anyone needs me. Guess we're going to find out the hard way. Uh, okay, I'm going to say, yeah, I can definitely talk. I need to go um, say hi to the owner of the theater real quick. Sure, sure. Also, Brandon, even though you rolled a mat one, what was your total? Uh, nine altogether. Nine altogether? I mean, as far as you can tell, yeah, Jack is, uh, trustworthy. He's just very, clearly has something very serious on his mind. Well, I mean, I wasn't necessarily trying to say that, like, I was just trying to get a read on, like, his mood. Like, figure out how serious this is, but with a nine. 
All you can detect is solemn. Well then, uh, as Ruby walks to meet with the theater dude, I kinda look at him like, is everything good? If it's okay, Brock, I'd, I'd like to wait till Ruby's back. Ruby's- she's drinking whiskey sour, talking to the theater owner. Thank you for, uh, putting this event on, this was so great. Uh, theater owner gives you his, uh, your cut of the, uh, of the proceeds. Thank you. I guess it's- <laughs> Your audience likes to drink. Made me a lot of money. Always, always helpful when, when people like to drink for those sales, isn't it? Absolutely. You, next time you want to put on an event, if you're, uh, if you want to do another Q&A, or if you got another thing coming out, uh, definitely reach on out. Hopefully soon. I Working on some stuff. Bethany has some great stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. I was say, we could even maybe get some of the, some of her, uh, what are they, the social videos. We could probably put those up on the screen. You know, kids love that shit. Kids love that shit. And I'm assuming Bethany came out came out with me to talk to the... I mean, she's kind of still going around the theater and filming. She's doing, like, a live cast. Yeah, she's getting some, some great stuff for social, which I will make sure to tag you to, so people know about all the cool events you put on. Yeah, yeah, at Ramey Theaters. Great. Bah. <laughs> You're a very uh, calm, poised, collected individual in this conversation. Well, I think she, Ruby's in professional mode. And you're killing it. That sounds great. I will leave you. I'm going to assume Bethany came up. I was like, I'll leave you with Bethany for a second. And uh, an old friend is here and said he needed a word with me. So I was going to go see what he's up to. Sure, sure. Pleasure doing business with you. Great doing business with you. Hopefully we can do it again. I, I, I okay, I want it. Even though it doesn't make sense because we probably already have it, I give him a card. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, so what, you're heading back in to talk with Jack? Yeah. Are you there too, Yardak? You haven't really said what you've been up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Me and Laserhawk walked over first, and I was just kind of waiting it out because I wasn't sure how this conversation was going to go. So anyways, after that, my kid makes the winning goal, ends up winning the whole damn basketball team, or b- basketball match for his team. <laughs> ends up winning the whole team! He ends up winning the whole team for his match. Ruby, you walk back up, and Jack uh, kind of just crosses his arms, and he's looking a little hesitant. Hey, Jack. And he kind of, like, motions over so you guys can go to, like, a little more of a secluded spot away from, like, the ushers and stuff. Ooh. I follow. Okay. Ruby, Brock, Yardak, I didn't want to talk about this here, but I just didn't know, you know, when else, when would be a good time. I didn't want to ambush you if you came to the came to the pub, but... What's going on? You said Austin's dead, right? Y- yes. Uh Austin is dead. I dead dead this time. Yeah, I I know that that has to be so confusing, but he he is dead now. I I personally made sure that that he was actually cremated this time. Suppose I should have last time, but I thought I could trust Sloan. I don't hold you responsible for that whatsoever. That's not that's not my meaning here. I just uh, what is your meaning, bud? Well, you know Bill and Maury, they, they come into the bar, they're always, you know, talking shit about the mob, and, and, you know, they used to talk about Hornet, and, uh... Yeah. Well, they came in this morning, yammering on, and one of them told me he saw Hornet. Told me he saw Hornet last night, in the North End, and I, I pressed him on it, I said, no, that's impossible, no one's seen Hornet for a long time. Well, hang on, Ruby, was that you? No, I. Oh. I gradually stopped showing Hornet's image to kind of. Especially after you started patrolling in the North End, I didn't think we needed the image as much. 
slams drink where? I mean, he, he told me it was just like a couple blocks from the pub. You know, I didn't really press him too hard on it, but it was... I, I knew you had said that you had kind of been stopping with Laserhawk being in town and visual aid being on the streets. You know, people were... There hadn't been a lot of talk about it, but you know, people still know who Hornet is. Nobody really knew what really happened, but... Maury bullshits, but when he's pressed, he doesn't lie. So if he says he saw it, I believe him, and I'm just... Huh. Well, Jack, I would like to personally assure you that I will get to the bottom of this. Yeah, definitely. I Austin doesn't have any family, right? There's no one else who could have similar power sets. I don't know nothing about post-humans, but no, Austin, I can say, when his parents died, it was just him. Yeah, I know, I... And after everything Austin did for the North End and him giving his life to help us in the fight against the Blue Cross gang, then there's nothing we wouldn't do to stop somebody from trying to impersonate him. Definitely. Jack looks at you, Ruby. And uh, yeah, if uh, here, and he goes to send you uh, Maury's number. If you want to reach out to him, uh, you know, in your other way. We established that I have a different phone for that, right? Mm hmm. And I go, yeah, maybe one of us will be giving, will give him a call, see, see what he knows. Meanwhile, I'm already texting Kraken. Great. Perfect. Love it. Whatever security footage you can find from this general area, from this particular night, I'm not expecting results, but I figured I'd try. And uh, he texts back. He says, you know, I got other things going on right now, Laserhawk. I'll see what I can do. Appreciate you as always, Kit. Yeah, so what are you guys doing next? You know, I just say, th thanks for bringing this to my attention, Jack. This is just odd. You know how important Austin was to me, and, and I know for the short period of time, y'all were really close. I go, like, a quick pat on the shoulder, and then I just hug Jack. Aw. He hugs back. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna head back to the pub. You know, it's gonna probably be a big night tonight, so uh, feel free to swing by, you know, or if you got any questions. Maybe I'll try to get some of these people to head on by, give you some more business. And then I turn around and I yell, after party at Jack's pub! <laughs> I would head back to that pub fast, Jack. You should go without saying, but you hear anything else, get a hold of me, please. Of course, I just, I felt like this is something I wanted to talk about in person. Fully understandable, I'm happy you did. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you were all here. It, it was, uh, it was good to see all of you together again. It's even better to see you. Yeah, it is good when we're all together, and I just look at Laserhawk. <laughs> I don't even acknowledge her. I'm in work mode now. Oh, I turn to Laserhawk and go, where are you living? Actually, I was going to ask you to come with me. Oh, okay, it looks like we're going with Laserhawk. Okay, and I go, I'll be at the after party soon. I might be able to do some, let's call it independent research. Hold on something real quick. Bethany kind of slides up next to you, Ruby. Is there something happening? You've got that look in your eye. I look around. Is anyone, like, around Bethany and my, like, vicinity? Or no, 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 no. Like, she, yeah, the, the whole place is clearing out, talking about after party at Jack's Pub, North End. <laughs> I'll try to get there, but apparently someone thought they saw a hornet last night? Wait, she knows? She knows. Bethany's always known. Brock didn't know that. Yes, I, I live with her. You think she would have noticed when I was leaving? You've never kept a secret from someone you live with? Well, we don't have time to unpack all that. So anyway, uh, yeah, Bethany takes charge about leading the after party and, you know, not drawing attention away. 
so we're we're trying to figure out what that's about because I mean I swear he's dead this time. All right, you do what you got to do. I'll I'll corral all this. So you don't have the van. You specifically said you took a lift here. Oop. So I didn't because I've been drinking. I didn't drive. I also my van's not here. I took a lift because uh, you know I've been drinking. Does Laser Hut have a laser mobile? No, but where there's a laser will. Come with me behind the building. What? Oh, we're all gonna hang on in Pogo. Yup. <laughs> uh. Hey everyone. So we are back in action with season two of Masks and Mayhem. Wanted to give a quick shout out to anyone who messaged us in between the two seasons. Gonna make a point to be clear here going forward. We'll be transparent about any upcoming breaks. Even if that changes, we'll be transparent about that as well. Originally, it was only going to be a few months in between the seasons, but then life got in the way. Anyway, we really hope you're enjoying this new episode. Also, be sure to check out our social media pages. We're going to be posting some art that we commissioned for various characters from the show, including Brigand, Apocalypse Man, and Shauna Ortega. With that, let's get back to the game. Do you all change out of your outfits? And a standby response was up, up, and away! You act like I have something else to wear, bud. I make you clothes. I imagine at least Ruby could change her outfit. Oh, yeah, dude, you should at least make yourself some pants, probably. Leggings. I'm wearing leggings. And I go, wait, Bethany, before you go, and I make myself a more address more to what visual aid usually wears, and I can, can you take this home? And I give Bethany my dress. Look, it's nice and velvet. I don't want it get, being singed by his lasers. How irresponsible do you think I am with my lasers, Ruby? I don't know. I've seen how irresponsible you are with your son. Oof, touche. Alright, what am I rolling? <laughs> Brandon, you're gonna need to roll. You're gonna need to roll a strength check, not emotional strength for that comment, but for holding the two of them. That's gonna be a. Uh, I rolled in that twenty, so twenty-three altogether. Okay, yeah. You, I mean, as long as they're all comfortable with it, you've got a good, you've got a good strong enough grip to be able to hoist the two of them while, while. Uh... By the scruff, like kittens. Uh, yeah. So we do that, and uh, where we would usually make a right, I make a left. As you cross over the Kirby Bridge and hang a left this time towards the northern part of the north end. I want to say, I'm doing this while we're pogoing. By the way, why didn't you tell us you moved? Just needed some time to think. That seems dangerous for you. You know, you're not the first person to tell me that this week. This week? Oh no. You're pogoing along, lights are blazing as you streak across the riverside night sky. And you land outside of what appears to be a nondescript warehouse. Wow, what an upgrade. <laughs> and you walk on in, I imagine? Yep. And I, I imagine that Ruby and Yardak are just immediately awash in a sea of pup. One of them is excited to see two people they've never met on, uh, they haven't seen in a while. The other one's excited to meet new people. I am completely, if there's upgrades to the laser hut, I don't notice, just focused on dog. All right, well then, Yardak is the one taking us all in. Yeah, as you enter, it doesn't appear to be much different than its previous incarnation. 
large leftover automotive equipment lines the edges of the room. Uh, There is a distinct spot for bodega and cafe in the corner and what looks to be an office space that's converted into a bedroom on one end, but the vast center of the building is pretty much empty. All right, with me into the office. I look up, do you mean your bedroom? No, just follow me. As Laserhawk flips the switch, uh, you suddenly feel a rumble as the floor in the center of the room begins to split open. Backs against the walls, trust me. It reveals another room area beneath, with a ramp and stairs leading down to a more elaborate command center. Lights flicker on, revealing computers, forensic equipment, and a workout bench. Okay, Tom Cruise, you also can you also switch people's faces? Working on it. So yeah, the room opens up to just this uh, wide array of brightly colored buttons and different screens, and Laserhawk makes his way over to what looks like the the Bigum screen. Where the hell did you get the funds to do this? Had a guy in Jersey owe me over a game of poker. Anyways, I think that if I can. Uh, Calibrate the different settings here. Kit showed me a way to access uh, some of the various cameras. Is this one? Go away, Skype. <laughs> a voice suddenly comes over an intercom. Brock, stop touching that. Sir, yes, sir. You sounded busy, so I thought I'd do what I can. Yeah, well, I am, but I took a moment here, sending you over some files, and some things start flickering up on the screen. Okay, who the hell is that? Oh, right. Kit, these are my friends, Ruby and Yardak. Ruby and Yardak, this is my friend, Kit. Hey. Hey. You might have heard me refer to him as Data Kraken before. Oh, what up? Are you, like, actually here? Are you, like, watching us on video cameras? What's happening? No, I'm in an undisclosed location. I cannot see you. I'm just on the intercom. Pleasure to meet you, Ruby, Yardak. Enough with the pleasantries. So the man behind the curtain stays behind the curtain. Okay. What do you got for me, Kraken? He just throws up some things on the main view screen there, and it's basically like looks like some traffic footage and one that looks like someone's home security camera, one that's like pointing outside. In both of them, it's a freeze frame image of like somewhat grainy. It's black and white, but it looks like the fairly distinct uniform formerly worn by Austin Yates, aka the Hornet. Uh, you know, it's a kind of a hoodie, ski mask, sort of goggles on it. Before the image comes up, Ruby turns to these two and just goes, why do we feel like we're the angels? And just points to the voice above and goes, he's Charlie. Ooh, yes. I'm, I'm the blonde one with curls. I don't set the missions. I just provide a little assistance here and there. But, boy, I gotta go. Good luck. Appreciate you as always, Deckard. And you're a click. Such a pleasant guy. All right, so we definitely have someone... Shit, I forgot to ask him which one of these buttons enhances the vision. I was say, if y'all want to roll any technology checks... I'll break it. I mean, what the shit, I've got a seven. <laughs> Wee! Not that 20. Hey! You remember enough about what Kraken showed you in your time working with computers on your own. Ah, uh, yes. Blue enhances view. Now I remember. Magnify. Enhance. And, uh, can I roll, like, a perception check to see if I notice anything particularly fucky? Yeah, roll perception. Okay. So I'm at 20, but it's close enough. Oh, 18 plus 6 is 24. Uh, the only thing you notice, as opposed to Austin's outfit, this one is entirely covering. Like, you cannot see anything about this person. 
I don't really felt that far ahead. Unfortunately. The visor on the front is reflective, so you're not seeing, like, their eyes or anything like that either. Well, I'm gonna be out in the north end tonight, finding out what I can. What are you two doing? Well, I probably, since we made everyone go to an after party for my film, I should probably stop by there. But it is in the north end, so I can head, he- I can head out after that. I mean, sounds like a good plan to me. That way our faces are known and we can kind of have a bit of an alibi. All right, then. You're more than welcome to come, Brock. Feel like you went here into business that you're not gonna. The way I see it, someone who I watched die twice is hopping around the city again. This ain't good. Not my favorite thing that's happened. Guess I better suit up. I'm always suited up, and I move my hand over to show my mask, and then just move my hand back and take it away again. Ah, that's always cool. Unbuttoned shirt. Specifically unbuttoned, because I don't know the next time I'm going to have money to afford a nice button down. (laughs) No, just ripping. Yeah, no, I ain't got that kind of money. How do you have the suit stored? Is it in a drawer? Is it, like, up on the wall? Like... Yeah, it's, it's the same place as the rest of my clothes I receive. It's in a black trash bag. No, I'm kidding. This one is definitely, like, hung up on a mannequin in the uh, Laser Hut. In, in the Laser Hut Command Center, at least. I don't even technically consider the top half of the Laser Hut the Laser Hut. This is the Laser Hut. That's the Laser Facade. The Laser Facade. Alright, so what's everyone doing, then? I guess taking a lift back. Sorry if that wasn't clear enough that the, the new laser hut is also in the north end. It's actually closer to your apartment than the old one. Oh, okay. So I just hopping. Is it like, should I walk there or can I? No, it's definitely still driving. Okay. Yeah, like I basically just moved west along the coast. Yardak and Ruby take a lift to Jack's pub to make an appearance. Mm-hmm. Ruby makes her dress look a little closer to the one she was wearing early in the night. Okay. And the second I see them safe in their Uber, I'm already on rooftops. How do police scanners work? Can they be small? Uh, I mean, you, they do have apps, actually. Can I have an app? Do you have a smartphone now? It's been a year and a half. I'm assuming I'm finally upgraded. You finally upgraded to get a fucking police scanner. <laughs> that is so I can Snapchat my kid. And yeah, you're hearing about a robbery that's, like, not too far from where you are. And then there's, like, a second follow-up call that said... The robbery's been taken care of, but they're still calling for more people to the scene. I should at least check it out. So you arrive. It's uh, like a little corner convenience store. There's a guy like zip-tied to the door of the convenience store, and he just looks beat to hell. For whatever he was doing in a convenience store, this is overkill. Oof. Am I, am I friendly with the police in Riverside by now? I'd like to think I am, but that feels like more of a DM question. Let's roll a persuasion check. Alright, yeah, because I'm gonna walk up to whoever's in charge. Oh, yay. When you get there, there's no there's no police yet. Oh, it's just dickwad. Well, in that case, I'm gonna turn that into an intimidation. Good luck intimidating this guy, because he is out cold. Oh, fuck. Yeah, he is actually, he's not even, like, his hands are at the top of the door, but he's actually just hanging there. He's not even, like, standing. Oh, see, I thought there were people here. I mean, there's probably people in the convenience store, like workers or customers. I guess we'll go walk in and say hello. What happened? And these people look terrified. They're like, he was a, uh, he he came in. He had a gun, and he said he was. He said to give him all the cash in the drawer, and we went to go for it. And then just this guy came out of nowhere and just. Now I would like to roll a persuasion check. Okay. Twenty-two all together. What are you asking? What are you trying to persuade? All right, citizen. I need you to take a deep breath in, deep breath out. 
I need you to be able to think clearly if you're gonna help Laserhawk. I don't get to use my public voice very often, so... I always forget about it till you use it, and I'm like, what's happening? And he takes a couple deep breaths, and he goes, oh man, yeah, this guy, he just, just f- pretty much like flew on in. It was just such a blur, and there was a bunch of zapping sounds, and then this guy was on the ground, and I thought it was over, but then he just kept wailing on him. And then he picked him up, hoisted him up, and set him up out there. Did you happen to get a good look at the perpetrator? It was the Hornet. Tell me, did you happen to see which way he bounded off to? Yeah, I think he just, he, he jumped it right up, right up on the roof. It was just, you know, straight up jump. It was, he didn't say a word. It was eerie, man. Have you alerted the authorities already about the scoundrel out front of your establishment? I hit the silent alarm immediately, and then, and then I called once the guy took off. I'm gonna need you to lock the doors until the police get here, do you understand, sir? And he shakily nods. I would like to put a hand on this guy's shoulder. You've been a great help to not just me, but the entire city, sir, and I thank you for it. Okay. (laughs) With that, I kinda bound away and wait to scowl until my head is above the window. You also jump straight up? Oh yeah, I'm going after Roll a perception check. Oh, 17 plus 6. 23? As you're kind of scanning the night sky in the area, you suddenly realize that one of the gargoyles on one of the taller buildings a little ways away is not actually a gargoyle. Ooh! Sort of blending in, skulking about a bit. It's a little far away, so you, and it's night out, so you can't really tell. I roll and intimidate. You're too far away. This person probably just barely sees you in the same way you see them. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can roll and intimidate. I just want to be clear. Like, you're far away. I, I have a plan here. Okay. Oh, I put a 15 in that. If I fuck this up, I'm going to be really upsetting spaghetti. 29? 14 plus 15? Well, I mean, what are you doing? I'm pulsar pogoing onto that building and saying, You're not horned. Who the fuck are you? Fists already sparked. As you land, this person takes kind of a defensive stance. They were already kind of like leaning on the edge of the building. And they kind of just take a quick look behind them and just hop right off. I'm not going to follow you, dickhead. I have Pulsar Pogo. And we're going to cut back over to Ruby and Yardak. So we're at a party. (laughs) Yeah, so you're arriving back at Jack's Pub. A bit busy for the night. Grab another whiskey sour. Yeah, Bethany's cajoling, you know, the people from the after party. She's getting selfies with everybody. Jack is just pouring drinks. Gives you a little nod as you arrive. I want to throw a hand up and give a wave to Jack as we walk in and then walk over to where Bethany is, I guess. I also give him a nod and I join Bethany at a couple people have posters and I'm like signing posters. Uh, Both of you roll perception checks. Ooh, that's 20. Plus eight is 28. 17 overall. I'm noticing everything. My eyes are peeled. Yarnak got them anime eyes. Yarnak, you've been to this pub enough times. You see, uh, you actually do see Bill and Maury in the one corner. Not near any of the festivities, you know, just kind of hanging out with the regular drinkers. And I doop, 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 walk on over. It's like, sup, guys? Oh, hello. Hey, uh, what's, like, so, uh, I heard, like, Jack's hawking up front, and he was telling me you guys saw the Hornet? And Maury looks a little, uh, like, shaken up. He goes, yeah, it was... This is different. Ruby noticed him walking over, right? 
Yeah, I would say, you know, probably. But you're still signing posters and stuff, I imagine. I'm kind of trying to, like, keep my ear open, but it might be too far away. Yeah, it's too far away to really make it out, at least from where you are right now. Okay. Maury just looks shaken up and says, yeah, he was real different. Different, like, different how? You know, the Hornet was always kind of a, you know, a bit of an urban legend, and, and uh, you know, people started seeing him, seeing him, and but he was like a hero, you know? Yeah, so not a hero? I, I watched him just beat the living fuck out of a bunch of guys. Oh. Like, these guys were already down, and, and he just wailed on him and and he took one guy who was i think he was probably already unconscious and he just took him and he threw him into the corner of a building it doesn't sound like cornered at all he was there i, I watched him do it i saw i saw the same power set it was it was horrifying i heard that one when the guy hit that corner i heard a crack do, do you think he's killed people i no, i don't no 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 we would have heard about that but like he just there hasn't been a lot of talk because no you know and except for i think me seeing him, I don't think really anyone knew what's going on, and I don't think any, I don't think any of the guys he was beating up is are really talking either. Can vouch. Uh, did you look at him? Are you sure it was Hornet? I'm positive, buddy. I don't like. Yeah, you know, same. He had the he had the Hornet outfit, and he was his fists were you know zapping up a, a storm, and and then he just jumped off like it was nothing. Didn't even time our way for the police to arrive. He just took off. I'm not even sure what these guys did. Damn. Do you know who the guys happened to be? I couldn't really get a good look. I was, you know, I, I was kind of frozen the second he took off. I kind of tried to get out of there, but I, I... Yeah, I don't blame you. I would guess they're probably Blue Cross gang. That's always been Hornet's thing, right? He just, I just, again, I'm assuming I took off. I'm not sure what else to ask this guy. Ruby has now noticed and has kind of made the way. Okay. Hey, guys. Hey, Ruby. What are you talking about? Uh, telling the big guy here about, uh, about, well, seeing a hornet. Oh, yeah, Jack mentioned something about that. Jack's real talkative, ain't he? <laughs> people know Austin died, right? Yeah, people know that Austin died. People don't know that Austin died twice, but... I've, I was good friends with Austin, so Jack and I have gotten close since, you know. Yeah, just be careful out there. Don't, don't get, don't get on his bad side, I guess. He ain't taking any prisoners anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here getting on this bad side. Oh, Hornet was never that... I mean, obviously he hurt bad guys sometimes, but he wasn't aggressive, I wouldn't say. Well, he turned a new leaf, apparently. I was just telling him, beat the ever-loving hell out of some guys, and, and I'm pretty sure broke one guy's back. Ruby's seeing red. Seems like an entirely different person. I want to say what's going through Ruby's head is, was told to protect by Hornet. Some dude's making it more dangerous by pretending to be Hornet. Question. Yeah. Homegirl that can duplicate powers. Gemini. Yeah. Was she in the Union base? Like, in the in a cage? No, she's a hero, dude. She's an agent. Oh, that's right. She was like Myra's mentor. Oh, yeah, that's right. Never mind. I'm getting my people confused. Because I was going to say, because like, we, we made that statue and put the Hornet outfit on it in the Union headquarters, right? Yeah. I say, because like, in the breakout, somebody could have stole it. Well, that breakout was a year and a half ago. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying, like... They were biding their time. Maybe they had to lose weight to fit into the outfit. You don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, what are you all doing, then? What are, the, what are the two of you doing, then? Seeing red. And, and actually, I think Maury looks over. You okay, Ruby? Felt like the North End was getting safer, finally, and 
Now it seems like uh, whoever this dude is is making it more dangerous again. He's got friends, right? He's worked with uh, Visual Aid. He's worked with Laserhawk before, I think. Like, they'll, Hopefully they'll get a rain on him. It's just scary out there. Working on it. Working on it. Yeah. I'm sure they will. And let's jump back over to uh, Laserhawk. Get back here, you son bitch! <laughs> I mean, that's basically what's happening right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, to put it in simple terms. So yeah, this guy just did free fall down, down to the ground, and lands, you know, three-point hero style and looks up at you. Act like I wasn't already falling down with him. He best start running. Okay. So he lands, and then what, you land? land and I'm on him. I am trying to be on his ass like a pair of good jeans. <laughs> Roll a dexterity check. Um, 22. That's a 16 plus 6. Yeah, the second you land just spins straight around and undercuts you. Just uh, trips you right onto your back. You're gonna get a hero point for that. And just takes off running. Just to say I tried, can I huck a solar shotgun his way? Yeah, go for it. Maybe so that way I can look for the bitch on the street with the limp. Uh, 21. 21. Uh, yeah, actually, you hit. But you actually hit him in the arm. It's okay, I just have to wait for him to walk on his hands. And yeah, you see like a flare of sparks go off and, and he grabs his arm and he goes, Ah! Did it sound like him? No. You don't recognize his voice at all. Actually, roll perception. That is a 16 plus 6, so that's 22. You'd almost think that this voice sounds modified. You can't tell in what way, but it just doesn't sound 100% natural. You're not my friend, you son of a bitch, and I'm gonna find out who you are. Yeah, he just takes off running, and I think eventually at some point like you get back up and you take off running, but by the time you come around the corner, gone. <sighs> I hate sending these texts. And I send a, uh, Operation Pest Control mission failed to the crew. For flavor text, I'm gonna say right after, I was like, I'm sure they will. I got it, like, r the text buzz buzz right after I looked down and I went, Ha ha, buzz buzz because it's a hornet. And <laughs> I just get the text and I put the phone down, like, in the pocket. I was like, I'm sure they're already working on it. What are we doing next? Either of you. Any of you. I mean, I'm back on the rooftops looking again until I hear back from Ruby and Yardak to meet up somewhere. I doubt it's going to be fruitful, but, you know, it's not like I'm going to be sitting behind a dumpster playing pancake with the wall right now. I guess we just uh, message because, I mean, I doubt these guys really have anything else for us because Jack said they weren't lying and they haven't, like, they've told us basically what we need to know. So I'm going to take out my trusty Nokia and... And so I'm going to text back Laserhawk and say, yeah, we kind of struck out here. We had somebody who saw Hornet beat some man down, but they didn't really get a good look other than to see it's Hornet. So I guess we can meet up. To which I respond, I fucking had him, Yarnak. I fucking had him. Sounds like you had a little bit better luck than we did. We can meet up and maybe come the city. I'm going to say all of you got a group text message, for, for, but it's a new group. And only Laserhawk has the number. <laughs> for the new person. Oh, is it Kraken? It's Data Kraken. Yeah. Basically saying, hey, I know you got your hands full right now, but I've got some intel you're going to want. Ooh. It's not about this new guy, possibly relevant. We've got 
and it's a bunch of images of a, of a group. They're all wearing like Halloween masks, like not Halloween Michael Myers, but just like different Halloween masks. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not in white William Shatner masks. Yeah, no, not in not in modified William Shatner masks. This is the Halloween gang. They've been making their way all up and down the Midwest, up the north northeast. They'll hit a couple banks at a time. Town. They've been hard to track. Happen to catch this image that matched with an image from a previous town. They're on their they're on their way into Riverside. I'm gonna respond since they're from the Midwest. Any relation to our friends? Any of them? I've got a hell of a rogues gallery. <laughs> no, no. We've never tackled with these guys before. Normally I wouldn't worry about it, but they tend to leave a big body count in their wake. Yeah, usually our guys are a little better dressed. Yeah, these are literally just guys that look like they're like in camo and otherwise like, you know, paramilitary kinda, of, but Paramilitary and then just like a gorilla mask? Yeah, like just a random ass Halloween mask. Okay. They might already be there. Appreciate you as always, Kraken. Wouldn't be able to do this without you. Keep an eye out. Always. So yeah, what do y'all do next? Uh, I'm going to wherever we're meeting up, I guess. Yeah, wherever, whatever random location. Some rooftop somewhere, probably. I'm assuming Ruby's sobered up enough she can take the van. Okay, can we meet up at Wendy's? Do you really want to meet up at Wendy's? I was just being an asshole. Get a Baconator and talk about the plan. You're going to go back to Denny's again. Fuck, I love Denny's too. That was where you went the first, the first, ep- first episode of the first season. No, we should go to Denny's at the beginning of every season. Do it. Let's go to Denny's. And I imagine when Ruby and Yarnat get there, I'm already on, like, my fourth cup of coffee. Same biker gang's there as last time. Just two years older. They haven't left. This is not a regular Denny's. This is the Denny's from the Eighth Dimension. I order one of the Grand Slandwiches. Moon's over my hammy. See, I assume that you guys walk up to my table, and I look up and go, I fucking had him. We've all had people get away. Don't don't beat yourself up over this. Not people that pretend to be my dead friends. Sit down. What did you guys find out? Apparently he's violent. Figured that one out. What did you see? Just some raw hamburger zip-tied to a door. God, the guy at the bar said he was just beating people up ruthlessly. He said they seemed to already be unconscious, and he threw them against the- Did you say the corner of a building? God, I- Austin made me promise to make the North End stop safer, and I've been stop trying. Stop. If you start beating yourself up over this shit, we're not gonna get this taken care of. Trust me. I know how that goes. I just... It makes me mad that this guy is using Austin's name to make it more dangerous. Good. It should piss you off. We channel that. Did you find anything else out? No, yeah, all he saw it was just, he just said it was Hornet and he was beating the shit out of some person. Multiple people. That's it. Oh yeah, multiple people, but yeah, nothing useful. Well, I can tell you that this asshole is at least able to emulate his powers. I saw his fist sparking up a little bit, and I can also say with certainty that whatever they're doing to their voice isn't natural. I hit him with a solar shotgun, and his voice modulator started fucking up. I wasn't able to hear what the guy actually sounded like, but... At least that's something. We're dealing with someone who is at least familiar with disguise, if I had to guess. How much How much like Austin did he actually look like? He was in the suit. Looked about right. I didn't notice any 
glaring differences other than the fact that this guy was completely covered up, but we saw that in the picture back at the hut. Mm-hmm. Fuck. You gotta figure out how to find this dude, and also the, these bank robbers sound like they're no laughing matter. <sighs> One fish at a time. Or, uh, maybe we could use the bank robbers to lure him out. Ruby? That might be the most brilliant fucking thing I've ever heard you say. Thanks? Immediately starts texting Kit. Whenever you can get to it, I need you to put out a thing saying that this bank is getting a shit ton of money on this day. Are we trying to do this, like, trying to have this happen tonight or, like, tomorrow night or something? Give ourselves a night of prep. Sounds good to me. Yeah, that works. I, I should really be learning how to do some of this stuff on my own. Uh, can I slightly retcon what I texted Kit? Sure, what are you asking now? Hypothetically, if I were to make it seem like a certain bank was getting a large shipment of money to try and draw some people out, how would I do that? You could set up a check floater, basically make it uh, use one check to pay another uh, to make it seem like there's a large shipment incoming without actually having to really move any money in. This is why you get a Christmas card every year. I look up at the other two and say, Alright, I got a crazy plan. Well, lay it on me. I'm thinking if we make it look like the First National Bank of Riverside's about to get a shit ton of money, the Halloween gang's gonna check that shit out. And if there's bad guys as big as these guys seem to be in the area... I feel like our little imposter buddy's gonna show up. Two birds, one stone. So the First National Bank of Riverside has branches all over the city. Oh. Including one in the, in the North End. I mean, yeah. I'm going for the one in the North End because I really don't want to go far tonight and tomorrow night. Bachelor's on. The Bachelor is on. Laser Hawk's invested. I, and, I, and then I was gonna say we should... Well, and then he's like, well, making it the North End, I think, is more likely to draw faux hornet out. This is turf, so he likes to think. So the plan is to fake a shipment to uh, First National Bank of Riverside North End branch? Do it to it. Unless anyone's got a better idea, that's what I'm thinking. So, Laserhawk, you're the one doing this then? Uh, yeah. Do you want me to roll a technology check for that? Yeah, roll a technology check. 18, 11 plus 7. You successfully set the wire transfer up. You set it up so that it's going to basically disappear after the 24 hours, but it's enough to go through for now. <laughs> I am the technology boy. I am the one who bleeps and bloops. What is everyone else doing in the meantime uh, while you wait? Uh, oh, and you specifically, I think, state that it's going to happen like after closing the next night. Yeah, that's a good idea. After the sun goes down. Maybe Ruby goes and sees her injured boyfriend real quick. Agent Alan Rickard of Union is uh basically just been kind of homebound for a while. I uh I I bring him some groceries. So it's hard for him to get out. Yeah, well his ho uh, his whole leg is in a cast. Like he's kind of using a crutch to get around the house. Real hard for him to get out. He's going around his uh house with his crutch. Hey, honey. Hey, Ruby. Now you know you didn't have to go out and do that. Oh well, I I'm sorry that you're. Still stuck in here, right? It's okay. It was so brave how you uh, you saved us all. I, I did what I had to do, and uh, it's fine. I'll be back to work in no time. Lewis has some desk work I can do. Oh, that's good, yeah. I, 
We want to stay off that leg. I feel like I keep getting you hurt on the field. That's the best thing that ever happened to me. Aw, at least Ruby has a love life, even if Rachel can't. <laughs> reality alert, reality alert. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to watch anything tonight? You know, I think I'm just going to sit home and watch some Ice Road Truckers. I've been, I've been cooped up in here, and I never really was into the show, but now I'm invested. That's fair. I'll watch some with you. Uh... This week on Ice Road Truckers. Tell me, is this guy the ice, the road, or the truck? It's nice just to spend some time with you. Yeah, so anyway, uh, yeah, you get to spend some time together. What's uh, what's Yardak up to? Well, obviously get ready to go uh, out on our little excursion. Uh, make sure that I have my spear. Make sure my water skin is full of water. And I'm going to give uh, Frank a call and let him know that, like, hey, we already got a plan in motion, but just to let you know, there's somebody pretending to be the Hornet in the North End. And he's, like, beating the shit out of people. And Frank just texts like, Jesus Christ. We're hoping to kill two birds with one stone with a little bit of a setup here, but uh, just to let you guys know, shit might be hitting the fan. Duly fucking noted. Duly fucking noted. <laughs> oh, I fucking love that. I want that on a fucking shirt. And uh, hey, Yarak, just, uh, just a heads up. You, uh, you guys might be getting called in for uh, as witnesses, too. Oh, Christ. It's not uh it's not looking great. Markovic is uh he's keeping a good face, but I can tell he's nervous. Mm. He's the person who owns the union, right? Uh he, yeah, he's the person who funds union. He founded it. I haven't seen uh anything from Betsy lately. She's been a bit of a ghost. No, uh is she okay, do you know? I think she's just taking it real hard. I'd imagine. Alright, uh I'll give you a heads up, you give me a heads up, uh Tomorrow night, we're going to attempt this little sting operation that we got going on. I'll let you know how it goes. Awesome. Yeah, good luck out there, pal. And uh, you get a message from Data Kraken that the uh, Halloween gang's definitely taking the bait. Good. Kraken got a beat on him, sent it over to you to kind of track their cars almost there. So what are y'all doing? Uh, I, I'm already on the roof. Okay, so what time is it? It was after it closed. Yeah, we're just going to say it's a little after sunset. Okay, I'm I'm heading over in my visual aid getup. You're taking the van? Is the van being visual aided? The van is being visual aided. Visualized. Visualized. Let's say it's that. The van gets visualized. Where's what's Yardak doing? Uh actually waiting on Ruby to pick me up. Oh no, they're both in the north end, so that wouldn't make sense. Um so then I am actually before Ruby left, I took a lift to get to her house. Her her apartment. That makes sense. Purple in the work. I can respect that. Laserhawk's already on the roof. He's had a Rubik's Cube to keep him busy. So yeah, you arrive. Are you all getting set up on the roof? Or uh, One retcon that I will offer um, is in the new laser hut, you do have a set of comms. Bet. Hell yeah. Yes. Teamwork makes the dream work, baby. Should we meet you on the roof or should we take out another area? I feel like it's going to be best to have some feet on the ground. Sounds good. Aye, aye can do okay so yeah to give you an idea like this is a bank it's a pretty small branch all of the employees have already left for the day it's one of those ones it's got like its front area and then it has like the set of like grates pulled across the front of it mm -hmm. yeah and actually you know it's one of those atms that you have to like step inside a door like put a little pin code in to actually get in yeah so yeah that's the kind of kind of space you ride it's got a little atm spot and it's got a grating pulled over it and it's kind of otherwise a rather like a uh, a little bit of commercial, a little bit of residential area. Mm. Not a lot of people out. It's pretty deserted. What month is it again? 
March. Because Reem is going to try and blend in. Does me making a jacket make sense in the Northeast in March? I like a light jacket. So Ruby can make a jacket and put a hood up. And that wouldn't look odd. When... Also, it's the Northeast. She can pretty much wear that any time, all time of year. She kind of has a hood on and is like pretending to like just be on her phone, like leaned up against the wall near the bank. And maybe she made a coat for Yardak too to help yeah. him blend in, cover those gills up. Just puts the spear behind his back. Yeah, yeah, no, the spear strapped to my back. I'm wearing like a bit of a trench coat with the, like the, the neck part flapped up to hide the gills. Oh god, he popped his hood. You hear the rev of an engine as suddenly a, a small SUV just speeds down the street and screeches to a halt out front of the bank as like six guys get out. As I watch, the, as I watch this happen, I make a dagger and a sword and put a dag- the dagger in one of my boots. Actually, no swords, just two daggers. I put one of the daggers in my boot and put the other one on like a sheath on my waist. Keep it cool. Don't dive in yet. We're trying to get our pest out. I just wanted to make sure I had weapons that were, you know, actually materialized. Didn't want to have to make them in the middle of a fight. Understandable. Just wanted to make sure we were on the same page. We are. Keep a close eye on what's going on in there. These assholes are violent. If things start to get violent, Ruby, you cause a distraction until Yardak and I can get in there. Understood? Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Let's bag these bastards. Basically, six guys jump out of the van. Two of them have, uh, like, kind of like welding torches, basically. And the other four are kind of covering them while they basically weld or use the welding torches to get through this grating. Okay, I'm going to say Ruby is, like, giving a play-by-play of what's happening to uh, Laserhawk. I feel like from your perch, Laserhawk, you could probably see most of what's happening, but not maybe... Yeah, but I also imagine that I probably don't have the best view because I'm trying to not be completely obvious. Everyone roll a perception check. The crispness of the rolls on this desk. It sounds really nice. 19, buddy. 16. And it's 24. Yeah, I think Yardak is the only one to take enough notice of this beforehand. Like, Yardak sees Faux Hornet jump down from the window of a different building onto the bank, do, like, kind of a, a combat roll, and then flip off at the roof of the bank right in, like, the center of the, of the six of them. But the rest of you only see it after after he's landing in between the six of them. Neat. Do you all do anything? No, I don't want to jump in right away because that's a lot of people to fight. So I kind of want to let them go at it for a hot sec and even the playing field and then go get our baddie. Okay. I mean, unless Laserhawk feels differently. I mean, they're bad people and they, they have killed people. He said they left a body count in their wake. They are murderers. Yeah, you got you got a point. Of the people we could have used for bait. I imagine if this is a conversation actually happening over in the intercom, just Laserhawk, they're bad people. Not even being murder hobo about it. They have murdered. <laughs> they are actually murder hobos. They're a murder hobo party. Kill, get loot, go to the next town. Actually, yeah, no, I've got my plan figured out. Let him take care of them. The second to last of the Halloween dudes is, uh, down. I'm gonna fucking nail this dick bag with a solar shotgun. I'm gonna try and stop him from doing the needlessly violent, like, throwing against stuff. But I'm gonna imagine, like, a lot of this conversation is happening, like, like Yarda kind of points him out just in time for y'all to see him falling in. Yeah. He immediately grabs one dude and hoists him, like, over his own shoulders and s- smashes him into the other guy. Ooh. 
Good one. And that's when they start realizing what's happening. Two of the guys who are flanking, so two of them are already out. Two of them are welding still, and two of the guys who are flanking suddenly turn. He grabs the one's barrel of his gun, which starts going off, and he directs it upwards, like, away from everyone. And just basically, the gun just keeps going off until, like, it runs out of bullets, and it's just smoking, and he just, like, the bank robber, the Halloween gang member, is still holding on to the gun, and he just swings around and slams him into the other guy who hasn't had, who didn't get a chance to get his clip off. So then we only have the two baldy guys? Well, we didn't say, I was say he he's still dealing with him. Ruby just looks horrified for a moment that the person doing this looks like Austin. Understandably. Meanwhile, Laserhawk's a little bit impressed. Just, ooh, that was cool. And so the one guy, the two guys, he just threw two guys, they were kind of down on the ground. Uh, and the one goes to pull out a pistol, and Fohornet just jumps and lands on him. Ooh. He doesn't, like, crush him, but the guy just goes, like, just goes, and, and his gun goes, gets tossed away. And then he kind of just uh, turns and kicks the other guy who had just emptied his clip. Oh, God, the irony of this situation, considering what I was about to do. And he just looks at the two of them, and he points. And you can still see the singe marks on his outfit, by the way, Laserhawk. This is your last chance. Get out of here. Oh, he's giving them an option. Didn't see that coming. I'm going to use this as my opportunity to introduce myself. Laserhawk, if you... Shoot your solar shotgun at him, and Ruby, if you razzle-dazzle him and I can whip him, we can kind of overwhelm him at once and just try to take him down really quickly, and then we can avoid a big fight. Click, click. I'll yell at him to get him to look at me so I can razzle-dazzle him. We're just like, hey, and then we all... Yeah. So wait on Ruby's signal. Hey, asshole! Like, I'm friends with Hornet, but I don't know you, so that's a problem. So let's roll this as an intimidation, then. I rolled a 16. 22 overall. Nice. So wait, wait, wait. Razzle Dazzle is a problem, though, because it's not a, it's an affliction. It's not, um... Oh. If everyone else is doing, those, the other two are doing damage attacks. Shoot. You throw your knife. Yeah. Just yeet a dagger at him. So you're doing a team attack, and you're going to throw your dagger? Yeah. All right, everyone roll your things. Ah, uh, first attack roll of the season. Feels good. I'm guessing Dango had nat 20. Yeah. Oh my god. Me too. I got a 15. Sorry, guys. Okay, but still, that would have been, been fucking wild. Oh my god. Fuck this dude specifically. I rolled a 26 altogether, so I still feel pretty good. 30 altogether. You might not have any because you don't normally do ranged combat. I don't know that I do have anything for ranged. I mean, you still rolled a nat 20. That's pretty good. I did roll a nat 20, though. Yeah, and what about uh, dexterity, though? Where the fuck is that? Uh, it's one. Okay, so 21. Uh, for flavor text purposes, I'm totally jumping off the roof when I shoot this thing. So you are all successful. Yeah. Dan, what is the uh, damage? 10? Yeah, 10. So basically, he has to roll against a DC of 30. Yeah. Get Oof. Yeah, so I want you all to describe to me what this looks like. I yell, hey, asshole, and go right for his shoulder. With a flourish, I rip the cap off my water skin and take all the water out and just slap it against his legs to knock him down. And as he's falling to the ground, I drop down from the rooftop, hit him in the back with a solar shotgun, and make him bounce. It's at this point, as all of these attacks hit, 
the Halloween gang guys who were doing the welding like go, oh shit, basically gather up their their comrades and shuffle on into the uh, SUV as quick as possible. Yeah, fuck them. Small potatoes. Yeah, see, I'm friends with Hornet, but I don't know you, so I have a little bit of a problem right now. Well, I'm just kind of standing over him. I imagine the the other two, Laserhawk and Yardak, are also kind of standing around. Super hair landing right next to him. Everyone roll perception check. Who is it? Who is... Oh, that's less exciting. That's a 7 plus... Um, my index is still pretty good. Okay, 19 overall. 8, 15. Also a 19. 19, 19, 15? Okay, yeah, you can all kind of take this in. Uh, you realize, as the figure is on the ground, from the places where they were hit, there is a bit of uh, sparks kind of coming out on the shoulder and on the leg, and uh, you suddenly hear, you sons of bitches... <laughs> And all of a sudden it just click. Ah, oh, damn. You took out the voice modulator. It's a woman's voice. Chapter 41. An Old Familiar Sting. Masks and Mayhem uses the game Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. The podcast is written, produced, and revealed to be committing identity theft by myself, R.C. Byler. You can leave us a review on podchaser.com if you want to give us some feedback about the show. Your review may even be read out in a future episode. Our official art is by Jen Evans, and our branding is by AJ Solomon. Our theme music is by our own Pope Brandon Brownson. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com. So what did everyone think of our season premiere? Good episode. Yeah, this is really fun. Yeah. Yeah, like I think like the um the whole record being injured thing like is like it's not like a, like one of those like the incident when we mention it. It's just like casually like, oh yeah, like you know, it's like fucked up and like so like it's not like it's like it's drawn attention to without being like the incident every time we talk about it. Yeah. I said, oh, I hope you don't mind that I just decided, I was like, oh, I decided Rickard was, like, being a hero for the rest of us when he got injured. Yeah, let me actually, thank you for reminding me, I need to notate that. Laserhawk got to be Brock for a while, and that's always fun. <laughs> you got to be a human. Yeah. It was fun, like, doing Ruby's normal life stuff. Please let me fight Beckett. Just gonna, just gonna fist fight Beckett. <laughs> I know Arshie's against, like, oh, your normal people becoming supervillains. If it's anyone, Beckett should become a supervillain. Oh, that'd be great. No, I see, I see Beckett becoming, like, your, uh... Like, like, like the trio in Buffy. Well, no, 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 I was thinking he would be more, like, turning, the, using the media to turn against... Oh, so he's J. Jonah Jameson, minus the cool mustache. Yeah, JJ, thank you, I couldn't remember the name. What else did you like about the episode? That we ended on a fight. You know, I always like it when we uh, have not very combat-oriented episodes, just because it kind of forces everyone to think outside the box a little bit. Yeah, forces, forces, I think we get more character moments when that happens. 
Yeah. And we got to bring Jack back in, too. Yeah, that yeah. was nice. I like that you have a new dog. <laughs> I pitched that to RC earlier in the day. Uh, I really enjoyed the reveal of the new Laser Hut. I thought that was nice, too. That was cool. The Laser Hut 2.0. Thanks for taking my idea of someone pretending to be Hornet. Yeah, I, I, I listen to what y'all saying. All right, so what are your thoughts on the general plot of uh, you know the new hor- the fake Hornet? I mean, I've, as long as it's not like a one-time thing and like he's up, I'm actually, you know what? I'm not even going to do that because I don't want that. As much as I do want it, I don't want to have to deal with it. So I'm not going to give the GM any ideas. You're learning. What what didn't you like? What didn't work for you? Honestly, everything worked for me this episode. I thought it ran really smooth. Pacing was good. And we got to yell at Kid because in the notes I, I put, fuck that little film critic bitch. Yeah, I felt like we all got back in the rhythm of role-playing together. Agreed. Okay, and I want to hear any speculation about the faux hornet. I think it's Brigand. But you said it was a, but a woman's voice. Crime spot. Oh my fucking god. I will quit this podcast right now, Robert. I will dispel the rumors it is not gr- I In fact, I'm just going to make it this- I'm going to make this real easy. It's no one you've ever met. Oh, Okay. Um, maybe it's someone who also grew up on the North End, and, I don't know, maybe was, like, a fan of Hornet? That's what I'm just trying to... It's actually Shauna Ortega, with her time with the insurrection, as she got some ideas. Dude, I'd shit myself if it was Shauna Ortega. (laughs) Actually, if anyone becomes a superhero, Shauna Ortega, that would be cool. I'm hoping that this is someone who, uh, their heart's in the right place, they're just doing it the wrong way. Do we have any, uh, any other final thoughts? Good to be back. Really fun to be back. Back in the Seattle. It's been a while. 